0: I'm a man. i La la la
1: Goodnight, Shabbos. It is such a source, Baruch Hashem. I know it's been a, uh, it's been a minute, as they say. I think it's been a couple of weeks now. Baruch Hashem, since uh, since we've had this sheer lot going on. Baruch Hashem, and it's so wonderful to be back, and so special for us to be able to learn the Hilgo words of the Piyutzah, especially during this time of the year, where the the heart and the soul yearn for some Nechama, right? The heart and the soul yearn just to pick me up for some of this odorous, and who better to give us that than our Rabbi the Piaget? So say we're actually continuing. So tonight, it's actually very exciting. We're beginning on page forty-eight. We actually finished the first chilik of the sefer. It only took us a little bit under a year, right? So Baruch Hashem, we're right on schedule. But we're actually now beginning the second chilek. does anyone have a copy who needs? It? There's an extra copy over here. If anyone needs, it. so I want to pass them if anyone needs it. And otherwise, I think. Uh, There's a bunch. Are they all? Oh, yeah. All okay. <coughs> Second level from the top
0: all the way to the
1: left. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> nope,
0: false alarms. That's <laughs> good. Sure.
1: All right, so, so we're continuing tonight on, uh, on page on page 48. And here, what the Piagetan is going to do, we actually, we actually began this. And last First of all, I should give a tremendous yeshikach to Reb Tzvi, Reb Tzvi Freeman, who, uh, just like, doesn't make a difference. Simcha, simcha Tzara, right? Avelos, uh, nine days. Reb Tzvi has, uh, he's got the menu. He's got the menu for all occasions. Reb Tzvi, thank you. Thank you so very much. A tremendous yeshikach. And a thank you to... Steve Golaskov, let me just pull it up over here. Reb Steve, who is in Eretz Yisrael, um, sponsored the mashke tonight and he sponsored the Eloh Nishmas by Shalom Wingat, Rav Shalom Zev Ben David Aryeh, who was nifted just this past Monday. The Ich son is sitting Shiva Hashem through through Sunday. Um, and so we thank R. Steve for his uh, for his sponsorship, for his dedication. And again, Steve is actually in Eretz Israel. His son-in-law is getting smicha, wow. so Baruch Hashem, he's there to celebrate that incredible milestone. Uh, absolutely beautiful. So with that, let us let us begin. So tonight we're beginning the second chelik of the sefer, which is going to be a little bit of a combination of old and new. So look what he writes. This is really, we'll say some incredible, incredible pieces. So the rabbi says this fabulous. He says, "Devarenu <laughs> So Rabbi says, okay. So now you've learned everything in the first part of the sefer. Rabbi will say, from the piyeshetnos perspective, everything in the beginning part of the sefer is the ikr ultimately a bnei machshavatol. All the different pieces. He said, look he writes. so, we'll say, so what, what's his etza? Taschil lekara mechadash. Okay, you finished. So what does the yid do when he finishes something? What does he do? He starts again. He starts again. Hey, so the Rabbi says, Okay, now you finish the first part of the Sefer. the most important thing you could do is go back and review it. Now I will say the truth is this is not unique to the Piagets, no? This is the hallmark of, of every single one of the great Sifre Moser. One reads the introduction of the Ramchal. He says, number one, you're not going to find too many chidushim in my safer. Ramchal says, there's nothing here that I'm writing that you didn't hear before, says the Ramchal. But the power, says Ramchal, is in Chazara is in constant review, because only once a person reviews are they able to truly inculcate the concept within themselves. To the Piagetan says, same idea. Now, the difference is, I think we learned a number of incredible chidushim. But I will say, it, it, it's one of the hardest things, You know, for those of us who are learning the daf. on one hand, there's nothing better in the world than daf Yomi. On the other hand, sometimes, there's nothing as frustrating as daf Yomi. Right, why? Because you finish up a week, you've done seven blots of Gemara, And then someone makes reference to a Ghimari you learned three days ago. You're like, wow, I can't wait till we get to that in Shas. Right, and meanwhile, it it was literally two days ago. Again, the challenge of Dafyomi, the real challenge of it is retention. And the reason, so why isn't there, it's not because I'm not paying attention, I will say, by the way, I just, I just want you to know to give everybody like a chatzin nechama. So, bar Hashem, because I get to give the daf, so I usually end up doing every blot three times. I do it twice in the course of preparation. I once the giving over of shir, I'm in the same boat. It's the most frustrating thing in the world, most frustrating thing in the world, the inability to retain, it's not inability, it's because retention requires chazara. So that's why the Piazetna says, understand if you want this safer to become part of you, okay. Now you finished, now you learned the first shailic. Okay, so now what's the Avodah? Review. Review and review and review. Which which Imre we're gonna talk about how we're gonna do it. He says, Adam, Shekori here here paskos hanefesh So I will say, well, listen to this. So, Pierre Jensen says, sometimes when we learn, say, I will say, you, you, know, you know what the beauty is sometimes between what's the difference between when a person learns Torah and a person learns literature or science or history? All important things, right? All important things. But where lies the fundamental difference between learning Torah and learning every other discipline? What would you say? What's the difference? Chazara. So, Chazara, true. One has the ability to change a person. Great, excellent, so true. What else? Torah comes from Hashem, right? Although one could make the argument that you know many, many, many bodies of knowledge come, Right, true, but Torah is direct transit from Hashem. I'm, but, I'm sorry. Yeah, so
0: right. for the actual learning. Oh, beautiful, get,
1: right. right? Beautiful, also right. This char for the actual learning, beautiful. Say, say what Torah is Tore is
0: always learning new things and always changing. Oh. And everything be a
1: challenge. It's beautiful. That's like his hatches. beautiful. Constantly. Beautiful. Still beautiful, still beautiful. still beautiful. If the science or literature have relevance to you, uh-huh. it's in one year and on another. Right. The Torah doesn't make any difference if it relevance to you, more, it's yours, and you go over it, because it has no relevance to you. Beautiful. So, say, so by the way, all, all, all correct, all correct. The Piaget's, no, really happens to be much more focusing, I think, in what Rabbi Nechemia just said, which is, you see, when I learn, when I learn something you know, history, literature, so all, all important and all meaningful things. It's not mine. It's not <clears throat> mine. Right? In other words, it's knowledge that exists that I'm trying to understand. But, Lav Dafka, it's mine. I will say, by Torah, there's a concept of kingin Right? The Torah is something that becomes yours, right? When you learn something, when you learn something, it fundamentally becomes part of who and what you are. So the that says, sometimes we learn things and that knowledge remains separate and distinct from me, right? So t- take any, take anything, take anything you learned, right? Any, anything you learned. So I have this body of knowledge. I'm not saying that knowledge is part of me, right? That knowledge is not part of me. It's something I know, he says, Torah, the goal is when you learn something, that learning become p- becomes part of who you are. Now listen, now the truth is by Torah, there's a danger also. A person could learn Torah as a subject, chas shalom, right? And they're learning knowledge, very interesting, but it doesn't become part of me. I'm not internalizing what I'm learning. I'm learning it, it's fascinating, entertaining, maybe even inspiring, although according to the piaget, so we wouldn't call that inspiration. Right? We call that uplifting but it doesn't become part of who and what I am. So the Piagetna says, the danger, the danger when we learn something is when you go over this Sefer, he says, don't be like, Ka adam meda, um, So don't read it and don't learn this as if like, you're learning someone else's ideas. Rak, adam this is incredible. You know what the Piagetna is saying? And this is so profoundly moving. The Piagetzna is explaining. He says, as much as I, the Piagetzina, wrote these words, they're not my words, they're our words. And when you learn this, you're learning your own Torah, you're learning your own words. It's something that is part of who and what you are. He gives an example of this, it's incredible. Mashalashnei <speaking> b'nei adam she'omrim tehillim. He'll <Hebrew> he say, this could be a mashal of two people, two people who say Helen. I will say, it happens to be in general, tilling is one of those things that's like a shtickel, lost art, especially by men. By men, right? The beauty, I will say, the beauty. I, I will tell you, I discovered this. I had a particularly difficult challenge that I was going through in life a couple of years ago, and I was. I'm normally a person who like tries to organize and quarterback, and I was so at a loss for like what to do. And it was Mamish, one of those moments of Hafcha Alashem Just put your, put your burden on a And I will say, I started saying Tehillim. Just started saying Tehillim. Not to finish it in a month. I take my time. I don't even try to understand what the words mean. I don't even attempt to it. Because I feel trying to understand it makes it into learning. I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn. I, I mean, I'll no, take it back. I want to learn. But when I say Tehillim, I just want to say Tehillim. I just want to say it to him. I just want to talk to Hakadosh Baruch I don't even know sometimes the words that I'm saying, but I just want to say it. He says there could be two people who say it to him. Listen to this. He says le echad One guy, we we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain lacks for nothing. Ruvain has everything. Vashini Shimon tavua is drowning in troubles. So Ruvain is absolutely fine. Life is going great. Shimon drowning in troubles. Zeh hadvarim david kilu so Reuven, whose life is great, when he says tell him, "How is he saying tell him?" What is he saying? What is he saying? Someone else's words, right? Someone else's words. Mizmor David, right? Someone else's words. Right? I'm, again, it's beautiful. These are the words of David Amelech. If David said it, I can say it also. No, are they my words? No, they're not my words. They're not my words. They're David Amelech's words. But the guy, Shimon, who's suffering, But the guy who's drowning in troubles, when he says those words, those are his words. Those are his words. True, they are written by David Amelech, but it's as if David HaMelech put them in my heart, he put them in my mouth. Those are my words. What a powerful, powerful example. So there are times in life where you could say you could say someone else's words or sometimes life where someone else's words become your words. There are times in life where ultimately again you're learning something, but you're learning someone else's Torah. And then times in life when you're learning and ultimately it's your Torah. Tsfilah ani kiatov. Kotserin say the literal taich of this Pasek is Tsfilah ani, the way in Ani kiyatov he wraps himself he wraps so it. was like that Pusik, you know, is the, is the makar, is the source for davening with a talus over your head. Right? The concept of la'ani, how does a person need something? Daven kiyatov. He wraps himself in his talus. ani, mm-hmm. but the Piagesta says it means something different also. Ha'ani mis atif kulo bitfiloso, u bo. This is incredible. Everyone reads Tfila ani kiyatov. The kiyatov, we assume the ani is wrapping himself in something external. No. Tfila la ani. What does the tvila of an ani look like? What does the tvila of a downtrodden person look like? He wraps himself about saying what? He wraps himself in what? In the tfila. He's wrapped in the tfilah. The tvila is not something external to me. The tvila is not someone else's prayer. The tvila, by definition, is something I wrap myself in. Yes. Okay, so I'm just trying to understand one thing then. Let's say like the person then. You know, is in a very happy, good mood, and then you know things are going well. Does that mean that when he reads, let's say, a, a paragraph of the that's about suffering, and pain, should he like try to change his mindset while he's? No, eating? you should always be happy. But the goal is to recognize that even when you're happy, we fool ourselves that when things are when things are great in life, that we are not in existential need. That's a fallacy. Right, A human being is always in a state of existential need. The fact that things are wonderful now, that's incredible and fantastic. But what I always have to keep in my mind, they're like that now because HaKadosh Baruch who wills it that way. But my dependency on the ribonu shal'olam is no less. So no, it doesn't mean... And the Piaget's not saying, not saying make yourself sad if you're happy. What he's trying to highlight over here is when you daven... When you learn, make those experiences your own. That could happen in a totally happy state of mind as well. It's a mindset. Is it someone else's Torah or is it my Torah? Is it someone else's words in tefillah? Is it my words in tefillah? That's the goal. Whether 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 everything's going great or everything's difficult, happens to be, it's much easier to experience this when you're in a bad spot in life. Because generally, when I'm in a bad spot, I recognize my reliance and my Kandosh much more than when things are great. But I don't think it doesn't... But again, piaget's is upbeat, right? Always upbeat and always... Again, I believe he subscribed to Rabbi Nachman's Mitzvah Gidol Yos as well.
0: Yeah, but even Rabbi
1: Nachman said it's okay to be sad for an hour a day. You know, you don't you are not supposed to be happy all the time. Simcha doesn't. Simcha doesn't have to mean mm. happiness either. So all right, good. We'll get when we get to Rabbi Nachman the Miratz session. He goes. And say, so listen to this. He says. Okay. So we'll say for example. So now he plugs it in over here. Person learns. Person learns the earlier part of the sefer. Because we'll say so. Now remember again, we finished the first part of the sefer. So a person goes back, as the rebbe says, and begins everything again. He says, yidag haish So we'll say if you remember again, the rebbe spoke in very, very, um, very honest terms, and like very, very like eye-opening terms about how a person has to confront the fact. That more often than not in life we're underperforming. Right? And I I want to point out when the Rebbe says that his goal is not to say that we should beat ourselves up. Right? His goal is that if we're not honest with who we are and what we are and where we're holding in life, there's no chance to improve. So he said we learned this idea. So you know what happens sometimes when you when you when you read lines like this, right? So I read in the Piazetsna that we're going persons going through life, persons going through life. And he's mamish underperforming and not actualizing his potential. I will say, how do we often read a line like that? How do we read it? Like, you know what? I know exactly who the Piaget is talking about, right? <laughs> so I know that guy. Person. I know that guy, right? In fact, you know what? Now I've been meaning to tell him how much he's underperforming all of this time. Now I feel like there's a simon from Shamayim, the Piaget is telling me, I have to go over to my friend, to my wife, to my kid. You need to see this, right? You need to see this. So often, and what's it, by the way, that might be true maybe my spouse does need to see it maybe my child does need to see it maybe my friend does need to see it but he says says so again, no, no, no don't read this as if the words are talking to someone else no, when I read those words I, that, I'm under, that, that a person spends most of their life in a state of underperformance the truth is, how should I read that? yeah, that's me that's me. Not, not, not because I want to, not because I intend to, not because I set out to, but often just because I end up choosing the path of least resistance over the course of life. I'm not reading about someone else, I'm reading about me. So we'll say, and often there are things that we suppress. There are things that we suppress. We'll say, you know, the greatest epiphanies we experience in life is not because, like, I learned a new truth. I would venture to say, and all of us know all the truths there are to know. There's no more new truths. I don't mean like, in society, is always developing new truths. I'm leaving that aside. I mean like, in the welt, in, in actuality, there, there are no new truths. There are no new truths. All the truths are known. We know it all. So I will say, when do those... Epiphynical moments? I don't know if that's a word, right? But it sounds so good. Right? Epiphynical? Right? So, sounds like a branch of Christianity. <laughs> I'm an epiphenical. <laughs> yeah, the latter day epiphenicals. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so and, and, and any anyway, end. So I was saying so but I like it. I like it, right? When, when does one have one of those epiphynical moments, so when when it's not like oh I discovered something new. It's often because in that moment. I just stopped suppressing all of the stuff I just spent so much time pretending doesn't exist. And then I have like this moment of like wow, in, incredible. I was saying you know, I'm reading this um I'm reading this book it's called Sparks. It's a I think it is called Sparks. It's um mm-hmm. it's by uh by like um these two guys who who specialize in um and what's the word in, in consulting for startup businesses, so they give 24 tips how to be more successful and supercharged in your work life. You know just how can you be more effective? So one of the things they speak about is power. power, reminding yourself you have power. okay So as I say so you expect, okay, I started this chapter like power, okay I'm going to figure out like how I have power. You know the whole is <laughs> like a one and a half pages. it's like essentially. You are in charge of you. You are in charge of you. You waste too much time. You are in charge of you. You don't like the way you act. You are in charge of you. You don't like the way you interact with other people. You are in charge of you. That's the whole chapter. And like I had this moment, right? This light bulb went off. I have power. So I'm sitting next to my wife. We're actually on on a flight. I said, you have to read this, (laughs) right? She's like, yeah. What? (laughs) I'm like... I have power, <laughs> I have power, as <laughs> first, I got a look, like, <laughs> right? Sorry. but it was, like such, it was like, what's the matter with you, like, this, is like, this is like like ABCs of just normal living, so it was fascinating to me, because I realized probably deep down, if I wanted to analyze a little bit, I probably been making excuses for myself that I don't have control over certain things, that's why they are the way they are. And in this moment, I'm reading again in 14 different ways, in one and a half pages, how I have power. <coughs> I have power. So again, I had that epiphanical moment. Let's say, there was nothing new. It's not like Panam Chadosh was <laughs> I mean, it's Pashat, it, right? It's, it's self-awareness 101. Like it's, I, I have power. I have power. So let's say, so the Piaget's in the single over here. Is he's saying, so when I read this idea, that ultimately, again, I'm underperforming, underperforming. So in life, so it's so easy and so tempting to say, 'Ah, I'm reading about someone else. I'm reading about me. I'm reading about me. He says, ultimately, again, and what happens if I allow myself to experience that as my Torah, not someone else's Torah, then suddenly again, I have that epiphany. Suddenly again, I stop suppressing the truths of life. And I'm brave enough to encounter the actual reality. <laughs> remember again, the PHS spoke about this, where he spoke about the fact that sometimes if a person wants to self inspire, one of the ways to do that is to remember death. Remember that you die. Remember you die. I will say, I think many of us, you know how we read that phrase. We read that. We read. How do we read it? One day, people die. All people die. They're just says, that's not how to read the phrase. How do you read the phrase? How do you read the phrase? Die. One day I will die. One day I... It's uncomfortable to say it. It's uncomfortable to say it. One day I will die. That's the message. It's not one day... One day at some point everyone dies. So what's the difference between one day I will die and at some point everyone dies? At some point everyone dies is about everyone but me. But me so it's great you know it's true guys you better take that to heart one day er, er, all of you right <laughs> one day everyone dies i'm gonna be fine right but one day everyone dies piaget says no it's one day i will die one day i will no longer be on this earth which means that my life is a finite non-renewable resource so what am i doing so what am i doing The Piaget says, make the Torah your Torah. And also the PHS, that says again, in general, in general, so often when we learn, we hear concepts that we love, and we think about how they apply to everyone else, right? And how I'm going to say over this one to this, and this one to this one, and this one should really learn this. And again, it's applicable, and it's wonderful, and it's important for everyone except the person, me, who's actually reading it says the Piagetzna, when you read Torah, don't worry about other people. I mean, always worry about other people, but ultimately, again, make that Torah yours. Lachim. Therefore, because of this, I think also the Piagetzna is suggesting is as follows. But he's also telling us, what say, and this is the beauty of the Piagetzna, and in general, the beauty of Chasidus is an embracing of human nature. Right? I will say, Chasidus, the beauty of Chasidus tells you, accept who you are and how you are, and then do your best to refine it do your best to refine it. So the Piaget says it's it's natural when we learn things to subconsciously, or maybe consciously, not want to apply it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I learn at a distance. I learn at a distance, right? So I learn, I learn, and I hear all of this incredible information, and it's true, true, incredible, wonderful, beautiful, great, and it applies to everyone, but I don't internalize it. So the Piaget says maybe that's the power of learning something twice. Maybe that's the power of Chazara. Maybe what the BHS is teaching us is the first time you learn something, human nature is you ingest it intellectually. But the challenge with intellectual ingestion is it could remain separate and distinct from you. Mm. But the second time then that you chazer it, that's how you're it. Suddenly again now this is not a piece of information separate and distinct from me. But it becomes part of who and what I am. He says, therefore, <laughs> this is this, incredible. This line vindicated me. Pia says, therefore, you should not learn a lot of this safer at once. We were Makai in this, right? <laughs> <laughs> if we did, if we did nothing else, if we have internalized nothing else in this safer, right, this, this we have done. will we'll say, now, but this is also so profound. We'll say, why, why? And Rabbi Saul, This goes to your point. The Piaget says, in this Sefer, in the safer, right? He says, what am I teaching you how to experience? I'm teaching you how to experience lowliness, happiness, heartbreak, and ascension. Right? We'll say, so much of what the Piaget taught us is how to maximize every single emotional state. Well, no one feels, no one feels, I will say, this is actually a very important Yisod, that in general there's a concept, although, although we play this a little bit both ways, but we have this concept in Yiddishkeit that one heart cannot be in two emotional states simultaneously. Rabbi Salavitchik, as he said, the explains that this is the, why, this is the reason why Yomtev cancels out Shiva. Yomtev cancels Shiva. Right? Why? Because on Yomtev there's a mitzvah samachta bechagecha. On Yom there is a biblical obligation to rejoice, and of course, avelos shiva is mourning. So Rabbi Salavitchik says one heart cannot simultaneously rejoice and ultimately experience avelos. It has you have to be in one state or the other. So since there's a biblical mandate of simcha, that ultimately trumps. That ultimately trumps. That trumps the tzara. That trumps the tzar. Ultimately, of shivra I will say it's the same idea. As we come up to tish right? We see this dialectic in tish Also, there's pre chatzos tish above, post chatzos tish Again, pre chatzos is an intense mourning. Post chatzos tish above is lessened mourning. With already a tinge, a little bit of simcha. There is a little bit of a release, a little bit of a of a light at the end of the tunnel over there. He'll say so what the PhS says is you can't learn all of this at once. You can't learn all of this at once because I'm teaching you how to maximize different emotional states. And because no one could be in multiple emotional states at one time, at one time, therefore again best to learn this safe for a little bit at a time. Look at he writes, he says, he just says, by the way, if you sit down and you do try to learn this safer at once, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be like reading a book. It's going to have no impact on you. In other words, again, you might ingest information, but ultimately, again, it will not have an impact on who and what you are. So he says, learn this safer a little bit at a time. Isn't this incredible? just says by the way, And don't just scan it with your eyes. Say the words. <clears throat> say the words. Because it's all part of the same theme. Right? Why? Why do you have to say the words? Because when you say the words, they become yours. You scan the words, you scan the words, they remain on the page you say the words, ultimately, again, you're using your koach hadibar and ultimately, again, they become yours. We're going to see this. The P.H.S. is going to speak about by davening, by tefillah, the same exact dynamic as well. Oba ba'ofen chodesh ta'avor alav. says, review this safer once a month. Now, we'll say, by the way, it's that if you think about it, 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 it's not such a tall order. I will say, think about it it's just a moment, right? So if you're spending, if are spending a little bit of time each day, so how long did it take us to do this first part of the sefer, right? About about thirty weeks, right? All in all, all in all, and again, that's with a lot of hesber and eating and other stuff, right? You know, as, well as i say, So 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 again, so it's not, it's not a crazy thing. It's not, we're gonna we're gonna remember. Say our whole goal, our whole goal is not to have a shear, right? Our goal ultimately is to learn the Sefer and then emir Hashem to really, emir over time break into smaller groups of b'nei machshava tova, of groups who are focused on different forms of Aliyah. This is just our guidebook in how to do it. So we'll say, so now I see my goal ultimately is to chazer this, to chazer this once a month. So we'll say base, page 49. Look what he writes. heavy Zoyer. heavy Zoyer, be careful. Shekoshin irsheh b'kunshur ha'shazah. So be careful. Write with everything that I've written. Piaget says, I've chosen my words very carefully in this, and the concepts and the ideas that I am espousing here, I've called them in a specific way. Both we'll say, "This is kind of what Peter Zenzner says: is you have to give yourself homework. You have to give yourself homework. Whatever you learn, you have to implement." Both we'll say it's all part of the same theme. Right, because it happens to us all the time. We learn great stuff. We learn great stuff. And then what happens? Then what happens? Right? Shears over. Shears over. I go home. And what's changed in my life? What's changed? Nothing. Right? Everything is kind of Why? Because I haven't created a mechanism of, implanta- of, of implementation. Right? I, I've learned it. I've learned it. But at the end of the day, I have not made it part of me. And we'll say, spend a couple of days, right? Make a plan, make a plan. I'm going to work on this particular thing that the Piaget's taught me, and I'm going to work on it, you know, for a couple of days. I'm going to, I'm going to this is going to be my Avodah for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And this is going to be Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos. Make a plan. I, what happens if I'm working on something but... It doesn't, as they say, right? it's, not, it's not going. It's not going. I haven't inculcated it within myself. Don't get depressed. So we'll say this is the best line. Whoever told you, you have to get it right the first time. Whoever said the first time at bat, you have to hit a home run. Whoever said such a thing like this, Right? Let's say, Remember again. What's interesting is the Piagetzna builds on the statement in Pirkei Alba says, Lo Alecha Hamalacha Ligmar. Right? That's Piaget says. Right? It's not incumbent upon you to finish the job. The Piaget's version is, Lo Alecha Hamalacha Ligmar right? Be You don't have to finish the job the first time. The first time. let so say, how validating is that? How validating is that? How many times in life do we start things and we fail the first time around and we say, Oh, failure. That's it, I'm a failure. Right? If it was supposed to work, it would have worked the first time. And if it doesn't work the first time, oh, so say, no, it's great. It's always so wonderful how we like intuit, simanim from Baruch Hu. Like, you know, we're in a Vim, right? We're in a Viam now. It must be the Ratzan Hashem. Because if, I was, if God really wanted me to do this, then ultimately, again, it would have worked out. It would have worked out. Right? And if it's not working out, yeah, I'll we'll say sometimes. Ultimately, again, sometimes even when a college Baruch Hu wants something to happen and you want something to happen, doesn't necessarily work the first time out of the game. So, let's do one more piece, then we'll stop for tonight. Gimel, these are great also because they're self contained ideas. Let's say, so listen to this. He says, when a person has a moment of Aliyah, a person has a moment of Aliyah, and times of kidusha, times of inspiration, or Eshtapchos. Eshtapchos means sometimes like even downtrodden times. You know, there could be other times where sometimes inspiration could come from the lowest of places. And what happens? There are certain words that sometimes come to you. Right? certain sayings that sometimes come to you, you know, in a moment of inspiration or a moment of, of defeat. He says, those are holy words. Words that come to you kind of like in, in these moments of life where you're either very inspired or very defeated. He says something he says, He gave examples of this. Ultimately, again, ultimately, go ahead and, and understand those words are precious. If they come out of your mouth, if they come to you at a time of desperation or a time of elevation make sure you appreciate those words for what they are he says, <laughs> Can I, let me frame this in a simpler way let's say you, you ever come across like maybe you're davening and it's one of those days where maybe like I'm paying attention to what I'm saying right so you have a couple of extra minutes though because most times like we're, we're, we're always in a rush somewhere so you have a few moments like you see a phrase you see a phrase that like captures your neshama and by the way maybe you've seen that phrase a million times before in life but at, at, at the end of the day, there's something about it that just captures you. And it's those words that ultimately lead you to a sense of aliyah, to an incredible sense of spiritual elevation. Incredible. Let's say, Piaget says, any words associated with inspiration or elevation, those words have a power. And what do you do with those words? He says, He says, so, I'll say, anytime you want to be inspired, want to be inspired, ultimately again, utilize those very words. Utilize those words to self inspire. I'll say I'll tell you something amazing. I was, I was actually, I saw this brought down. Incredible Sefer. It's a skula. I don't know who, I forget who the Mechaber quoted. If he quoted the Arizal, he quoted Hochayim Vital. The, the author was talking about Shmira Sa'inayat was accept the concept of just like, like watching, watching one's eyes and watching was, so I had, again, I don't remember who he quoted, but he spoke at this idea that if a person struggles with guarding their eyes from looking at inappropriate things, he says, a person should say three times, eni rotza, eni rotza, eni rotza. I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And if you say that three times in the midst of struggle, ultimately again you'll be saved from that nisayon. Any roza, any rodzah, any roza. And I'll tell you since since I saw this, I've come to realize it's not just for shmiras Rasai but the truth is one could probably plug that in into any situation. Where I'm faced with the opportunity to do something I should not do. Now maybe I really want to do it. Hey I really want to do it. But Lamaysa maybe I maybe my body wants to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I I, I never want to commit an Avira. I never want to go ahead and derail my journey. I I, I don't I don't want that. So say, I, tell you, I was so struck by this. Some, like you know you expect sometimes in life like these big, any rotsa, any rotsa, any rotsa. I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, but I, but I do want it. But I do want it. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. That's it. That's it. I, again, I don't know. Does, does it work all the time for every single thing? But I think it's a good example of what the Piazetsna is saying. There's sometimes, I will say again, maybe it's a line in Tehillim. Maybe it's a line, maybe, um, you know, what's that? I'll tell you like that. It's the line in Halo. Give you lots of so so again, I never paid attention to that, to that line really until like Etan Katznig, and I've said it many times. Right? How many times do you save me? How many times do you save me? How many times in life have you extricated me from difficult situations, some of which I've known, some of which I will never, <clears throat> ever know? I will say there are certain things that we say in life that the words themselves just inspire. Essentially, what the is saying is find your mantra. So if it's if that's yours, if it's any rotsa, any rotsa, any rotsa, whatever it is, find your mantra. Find your words. Find that line that when you say it, when you say it, propels you to a different place. It doesn't mean it solves all of your problems. Yes. Say, um, I think we said from here, maybe sometime in the some last we fifty-two weeks that uh, that, uh, um, that if a person wants to, like, I'm going to do a chat. I'm, I'm going to do the sabeiro, and you just say, "Okay, you know what?" In one minute. Right. In one minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In one minute. That's, that's the same thing. It's, like all, he's, it's, a, it's all the same idea, because ultimately, again, I mean, if, if you really want to get into it, especially when it comes to chait, chait is often wrapped up in impulsivity. So, how do you combat impulsivity? Right? By delay. <laughs> I recu- but, but it's the same thing. What's any rota, any rota, any rota? It's just delaying it. It's just delaying it by, by 10 seconds. By 10 seconds. That's exa- 100%. 100%. So again, it's either the action or it's the statement. Yes, sir. Uh Where is that? Where is that? In the second paragraph? So, second paragraph of Ha... Right at the end. Right after Eshalech. Right? I'll send out the link. Oh, it's... Uh, Nine days. Oh, okay, she after. She yeah, Shuvi Nafshi. <coughs> <coughs> okay, let's well, say So let's finish up. He goes in and he says over here, he says, And time you want to awaken yourself from your life slumber, ultimately, speak these words. Let's say, Isn't this a great. Just find your mantra. Just find your mantra ultimately again, and when you find yourself either in a state of distress, like I want to save myself from sin, or maybe I'm not in distress, I'm just totally uninspired. It's like a flat line of spirituality, and I want to jumpstart myself, find your line. <inaudible> Listen to what the B'Ajah says. Any words that at some point in time inspired you in life, those words are sparks of your nisham. Something about those words... Is connected to your neshama, and what that means is, even when your neshama feels dormant, and even when you look like a shnickle flatlined, those words can be the spiritual jumper cables, right? Those those words can be uh, the defibrillators, right? Those words can be what awakens you. Ultimate thing I will say. So, literally, again, those words were hollowed out from your soul. Those words come from your neshama. If they inspired you once that means that somehow, way, there is some level of connection between those words in your neshama. So when you need either to avoid hate or you need to jumpstart your spirituality, find that mantra, find those words and awaken yourself. So we'll stop over here for tonight. Uh, Shkoyach everyone. Right, you know. So no Shia. Next week, next week is tishabav Next week is tishabav Um So we're not going to have Shir next week. So hopefully we'll have Shir, Merzah Hashem Shir. But yeah, I don't think I, have, I don't think I have that Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I think I will be, be here. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Myron. Myron, Myron. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you,